Hey everyone, welcome to Creepy Inquiries. A podcast dedicated to all things creepy, spoopy, and true crimey. With your hosts, Ness, Kevin, and Edie, your friendly neighborhood queers. Episodes. Welcome back, everybody, or welcome if this is the first time you're listening. Welcome, welcome. Be my, be my, be my Yoko Ono, who is 90 oh. years old. Was that Damn. a Naked Ladies song reference to the song Be My Yoko Ono off, I believe, the album Gordon? Yes, of course it was. My mother has dragged oh, me to 15 plus Bare Naked Ladies concerts. In yes, life. that what? is known Edie Lore. That is known Edie Lore. 15. One was a cruise. <laughs> like a bare naked ladies cruise? Yes. Was the, the cruise nice? We're also there and nobody oh. gave a shit about the mountain goats. And so I met the mountain goats and that was great. That's fun. That's really cool. I mean, that's nice. That sounds fun. <laughs> Music producer extraordinaire and father of Rashida, Quincy Jones. Oh, is okay. nice. Legend. Thank you yes, for you. Rashida Jones, dad. by the way. Quincy, I appreciate yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. We love we love that about you. Famous Kevin impression. Michael Kane is Michael Kane. He's nice. Look at him. Going strong at naughty. I feel like he's been old since he was young. He has been old 90, since he was young. He's a Patrick Stewart but, type, yeah. Yes. See, they've been old since How they were dare young, you. which is Patrick great. Stewart no. is like a fine line. This is not he's an always insult. been fifty. And not an remains. insult. It's not this an insult. Not, this I, it's not an insult. It's like a Tucci. No, Tucci's been like middle yes, aged forever. He's he is and will ever will forever be middle aged. I just mean that like still he's been old, quote unquote, forever, but ninety still seems too old. It seems too old. Yeah. Country music legend and marijuana enthusiast Willie Nelson. <laughs> Willie Nice <laughs> 90. Amazing. Still going strong, still touring, still smoking so much weed, still getting arrested. Bernie bro. Bernie bro, Bernie Willie bro. Nelson. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I've got one fun one, and then I'll finish off with a shitty one. Uh, okay. To Wong Fu, thanks for everything. Julie Newmar is 90. Oh, yay. <laughs> My only knowledge of Julie Newmar is the title of that Pretty movie. Pretty much me too. Pretty much me too. And uh, finally... She doesn't know where she is, but she's still in the Senate. Dianne Feinstein, 90 years old. Uh, It's elder abuse, people. Just truth. Get her out of there. Get her the F out of there. Well, shit. Well, those are great. That's a good list. It feels like once we just now that we've crossed the 90 threshold, it's picking back up. I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. You're right. Right, right, right. What are we going to do at like 101? Fuck! I don't. That's the thing. I don't. I don't know. Are we gonna go back know. to oh, one? Shit, we Are really we have to, to make baby? a choice. 
we're gonna have we to have, make a choice are we going back to like are we gonna do like babies at a certain point it's gonna i'm gonna do 20 year old celebrities you know stuff like that and we That's won't know I who mean. any of them are mm-hmm. but can start in like between 18. time i don't like know because they're adults Maybe. Or we can just know. continue going. Like this person would have been 104 have today. Been. Yeah, that's the that's the yeah. other thing. This person I'm thinking. would have been 470 today. True call to action, listener. If you have any ideas about what to do, yeah. What do you um, guys think? What do you want? Email us, DM us, DM me on Instagram mm-hmm. at ed underscore fake name. I I do really want to hear any ideas that you have. Uh, we are yep. in crunch time for trying to figure out <laughs> what the yep. next intro is going to be age-wise. Kev, what have you done with uh, with your week and weekend so far? Oh, oh my goodness. Oh. So we record on Sundays. Uh, it's also Labor Day weekend. So on Monday, uh, I will be going to the Renaissance Festival here in Maryland. <gasps> Stop I'm it. So it's already Renfest time. It's Renfest yeah, it's time. Are you? It's going to be almost 100 degrees. Though. It is going to be. I do, it is going to be almost 100 degrees. <sighs> Wear a hat. Wear a hat. I have fans. A little, like, mom I have a neck fan. fan. I do. Do you? Yeah. I have a neck fan. You know cooler. what? That's true. It's That's that's on theme. It's ye old neck fan mm. as they had yeah. in medieval times. You, ye but old also, USB Powered next. Oh, fan. I'm sorry. She's got <laughs> That's like listen shit I've ever seen. I'm picturing she's got a futuristic see, like, neck walking. fan. Like, it looks like fan. an old pair of headphones from the nineties, but it's not. You just wear it on your neck. But it's neck. not. It's a neck fan. Yeah, yeah. That is not. And there's like what a little expecting. vent with little holes throughout here too. Oh, so the so fan. Just, for the back of the neck, it's not just. Listen, oh, revelatory, y'all. Yeah, Kevin's living it? the lifestyles of the rich and famous. Seriously, the only Champagne one I've seen is wishes when my mom and caviar dreams. <laughs> Champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Well, that's so great. I hope you have an excellent time. I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm assuming I'm going to have a good time, except it's going to be devilishly hot. But anyway, but we if deal. It's devilishly hot that might deter other people from going. That is true. That is very true. So it's going to oh. be great. Yes, Miss, what did you get up to this weekend? Oh, so much nothing. Miss had a week to get over that. I had a lot of Chipotle on Friday. That's yes. how I spent some of Chipotle, my time. Snaps for Chipotle. And, okay, I have never been into audiobooks, which is really weird because I love podcasts. I listen yeah. to podcasts all the time. Yeah, I'm the and same. Like, it's not the same, and I stand by it, but yeah, I will not. say, like, I had a hard time paying attention, and, like, the thing with a book is, like, you really do have to pay attention, and so I just kind of gave them up years ago, and then randomly, I, like, a year and a half ago, I had purchased one for driving. I was doing a long drive, and I just couldn't get into it, but, like, I got sick this week, and I just couldn't handle TV. I just was in that spot. So for 10 hours straight, I listened to an audiobook and just did my cross stitch my little heart out. And uh, it was lovely. That's, that was sounds helpful. great. That sounds it great. Made, like it was not, I would have rather not been sick 
for like the next few days, but like it was for a sick day, it was pretty good. So if you think you don't like audiobooks, try again. And also try again on a higher speed. I cannot yes. listen to them at normal speed. Like no. 1.25 is usually my hot, my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. If if it's if like my ADHD is rough, then I will put it up to 1.5 for a little while. But yeah. And then this weekend, um, I, uh, I made biscuits and I had a bunch of those Ooh. and, uh, I researched a little story for today. I'm literally picturing miss on a couch, on a blanket, just making kitty biscuits instead of actual <laughs> edible biscuits. That is my life. That's my life. If you just want to picture it, it's me making biscuits like a cat <laughs> with my cat and like a little cat nest. Teehee. Edie. What about you? Ooh. Well, I mean, first, I don't think, I think that. She said hysterically. I, I think that I would drive myself to madness if I listened to stuff at a faster speed. I think that that, yeah. I think that that is something whatever that for, works for your the, like, my brain would yeah. scramble. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that it works for you. I would think the same thing without trying it. I would think that sounds absurd because I'm like, I already can't pay attention. What am I going to do if it's faster? Just saying. But you know, maybe I'll give it a try and report back. Listener, I'll have breaking news next week. Yeah, Never Um, say never. Yeah. But we yesterday had a friend over who has helped us out with some stuff and is just generally a cool dude. And because it is technically September, we made Ugh, a beef yes. stew. And so <gasps> it was very hearty. Tasty, very, very hearty. Mr. Fake Name, it's one of his favorite things to make. And he does it in an instant pot that was given Cute. to us nice. several years ago. And so we did that and uh, watched some Star Trek Next Generation and then I went cool. to sleep early nice. and they played uh, video games and stuff. And so that was, yeah. it was very nice. It was very, very that nice. Like a very nice weekend. Chill too. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. very chill. Um, Cozy. I have Labor Day off. I'm mm-hmm. going to try and Same. do as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Though, because things have been off mic, things have been very stressful. Housing stuff is in flux. The like smoke oh. situation in the bedroom hasn't been getting better. Oh, so, no. but we are looking at no. a different house tomorrow. Ooh! Oh. So we will see. We've covered our entire floor in plastic, the bedroom floor, to see if smoke is co- like soot is coming through the floor. We are replacing all the pillows and um, covering the mattress to see if it's mm. any of those things. Just to yeah. exhaust oh, all smart. options okay. to I see did, if we have to, if we that, absolutely yeah. have to move, because yeah. the Keswick location is not as central as our location. So, uh, all right. Anyway, I am very excited to relax and yeah. listen to some stories yeah. from mm. my friends. Yeah. And Miss, you got the true crime true story. Crime. I'm just, I, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm just so excited for my spoopy story. So I can't oh. wait. Oh, I can't good, wait. good. Because, it, um, surprise, we're going to Bummersville. Oh, I know. No. You, you warned us that we're going to Bummersville. I told you. Listen, you know it's where I'm most comfortable. It's not that I love it. It's just, it's my home base. It's where I go. It's back. just uh, that Miss yeah. is the mayor yeah. of Bummersville. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I own that. Um, I even, it's interesting. 
that you say you want to hear a story because in my notebook and all caps, I wrote, you are telling a story, not reciting a list of facts, which is something I had to yell at myself this week. <laughs> Storytelling, baby. Narratives. So We're learning. We're thriving. We are going to Bummersville and I'm taking a little bit of a traditional true crime route with this case. Not something we would normally do, but what really gets me is sort of the humanness of different aspects of this story. And it's why I really am interested in it. And I have been for a while. So cool. Let's get into it. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Okay. 8 a.m. March 12th, 2011. Ryan Howe has been waiting outside the Apple store in Bethesda, Maryland for two hours. The iPad 2 had just been released the previous day. Around the same time, Rachel Ortley arrived at the Lululemon store next door. Oh, my God. This is very 2011. iPad 2. It is 2011. It's all happening. You are setting the scene. Bethesda, Maryland. Bethesda Bethesda is like an upscale Fancy schmancy. Very fancy. Mm -hmm. It's like the whole thing is a fancy mall. Yeah. Rachel realized the front door to the store was unlocked, and it was very uncommon that somebody would forget to lock the door. She tried to tell herself that someone else beat her in and opened the store before her, even though she knew she was the only one scheduled to open, or that, you know, whoever closed the night before just forgot. But she was immediately on edge. As she walked slowly into the store, she saw it was a mess. Merchandise was thrown about, mannequins were turned over, and she's pretty sure she was hearing like a moan almost, like a human sound. Then she noticed multiple spots of blood wherever she was looking. Oof. Yeah. Freaked out, uh, obviously. She ran out the front door and called 911. She told them she thought the store was broken into and she was worried something bad happened. Ryan saw Rachel run out of the store and that she was clearly upset about something and asked if she was okay when she was off Mm -hmm. the phone with 911. She told him what she saw and heard and just begged him, would you please go in the store with me? Because if she did hear human sound, she didn't want to just wait if something was going on. Yeah. And Ryan agreed. He thought it sounded bad. And he went into the store in front of Rachel. He saw what she did. And then he kept going towards the back of the store. He saw that the cash registers were open and empty, as was the safe. And as he continued into the interior of the store towards the back room, he saw multiple like puddles of blood, not spots, puddles. And there in the hallway, he finds the body of a person. He assumes it's a man at first, but you can't really tell. The person has been beaten and stabbed so brutally that a face could not be made out. Wow. Yeah. And he could tell that the person had short, medium-ish blonde hair. And that's really the only thing that could be identified. Mm -hmm. The body was blocking the doorway, so he couldn't get all the way through. But he just knew that this person was dead. Ryan yelled back out to Rachel to call the police again and update them and say that they would need an ambulance. Before he could get the yell out, he heard a moan coming from the direction of another spot, and he realized it was the bathroom. 
When he oh. entered the bathroom, he finds a second woman. She's a young black woman. She's clearly been beaten. She is also covered in blood. And her hands and feet are zip tied in front of her. And her hands are hanging above her head. Zip tied. Damn. Wow. Yeah. So this is what I mean when we're going a little bit traditional true crime. This it's is very. Brutal, it's a brutal true crime story. I mean, did either of these people light up a room when they walked into it? I know. Oh, you bet they did. You're, they all you did. Bet. You'll see. Pillars of their communities. Mm-hmm. They never thought that something could happen in their town like this. Don't steal my story, Edie. (laughs) (laughs) So now is when Ryan finally yells again because he realizes this person is obviously still alive. She's covered in blood, so he can't tell how bad she's injured. So Rachel calls 911 a second time and makes sure that they are bringing ambulances. When EMTs arrive, they confirmed that the first victim that was found was deceased and the second woman found was rushed to the hospital. The deceased woman was positive, soon identified as Jaina Murray, and the surviving victim was Brittany Norwood. Both were Lululemon employees who were scheduled to close the store the night before. Now, Lululemon, I think we've heard it before. They're yes, upscale, boutique like yoga pants that are like 140 fucking dollars they so i didn't focus on this and i could we could do a whole episode just on lululemon and how Mm -hmm. um egregious some of their shit is oh but that's not the point but that's not the point of this story bad company bad company (laughs) till the day day I i die anyway you're welcome listeners but that's not, it, it doesn't really have anything to do with the story, unfortunately. So, no, just know they're a shitty company. Yeah, just know, like, it's like $150 yoga pants and it's a bad company. Bad so, company. <laughs> <laughs> this particular store was located in Bethesda Row, a fancy shopping center, like we said, in an area that is mostly fancy shopping centers with an Apple store on one side. Mm. Now, Jana Murray lit up a room. Everybody loved her. I didn't actually write that. I did that just for you, Edie. <laughs> but she wasn't overall. It. Yeah, no, she overall seemed to be like a truly decent person. She was 30 at the time. She was finishing two degrees at Hopkins Communications and the other in, oh, sorry, two master's degrees, the other in mm-hmm. business administration. She was in the process of writing her final thesis on Lululemon's business model and eventually hoped to work in Lululemon's corporate offices. She was all in. She loved Lululemon. Oh man. We're not judging. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, That's all right. uh, Pyramid schemes, MLMs. Well, the LuLaRoe is is what you're is the MLM one. That's where you Mm -hmm. sell shitty oh. pattern tights that's where like you're selling person to person like on facebook and yes stuff. lululemon oh. fancy lululemon store with like weird libertarian you know what i'm sure those two companies ideals. get that all the time so i'm not ashamed. i'm sure they do <laughs> i'm sure they do and it'd be interesting to know who was there first but no lululemon is like a brick Monkey and mortar store <laughs> it's a brick and mortar store. It's got a whole philosophy. It's it's basically it's been called a cult. Like it's a lot of it's crazy rich white people shit essentially. Mm. 
She took the job at Lululemon to help her meet other active people in the area. She loved hiking, dancing, traveling, and she was an animal lover. She was born in Kansas and then eventually moved to the D.C. area for her undergraduate degree at George Washington University. She came from a very loving home, and she had a long-term boyfriend at the time serving in Iraq, and the two recently started talking about getting married. Hmm. No, here we go. No one had a bad word to say about Jaina. She was sweet, outgoing, and she was a good friend. Damn it. She was a good Damn it. friend. She Check had, on your happy friends. She had Seriously? a boyfriend on deployment. No, shitty people aren't dying. Like, it's just your lighting up a room friend. Thank God I don't know any of those people. Well, it's shitty people or like regular people die all the time. Yeah. It's just that capital T. They're not lighting C, up a true room. True crime people don't exactly. care about that. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. Exactly. Now, Brittany Norwood, she was one of nine children. She had Aww. four brothers and four sisters. Cannot even comprehend what that That's means. That's a lot. Yeah. Brittany was from Washington State, and her family was described like her, her family, her parents, Earl and Larkita, owned a business. They they weren't rich by any means, but they were always described as everyone was well taken care of. Most of the kids actually played in competitive traveling soccer leagues, and Brittany was the best. Uh, she was on her college team at Stony Brook University in Long Island, and mm-hmm. what she really wanted out of life was to be a physical trainer. And as a matter of fact, she had an interview scheduled for a personal trainer position at Equinox Gym a few days after the attack occurred. Oh. Mm-hmm. Equinox is a fancy gym. It It is. Yeah. At the hospital, everyone was thankful to learn that Brittany's injuries were not as severe as Jaina's. She'd Mm -hmm. been slashed several times Mm -hmm. and she had some bigger injuries that required stitches and she was covered in blood, but she was well enough to speak with police. She tells police the night before she and Jaina closed and left the store around 945. After separating, Brittany realized she forgot her wallet with her Metro card in it, which was her way home, taking the Metro system, and Mm -hmm. needed to get back in the store because she couldn't even buy a new one if she didn't have her wallet. Metro cards are just for the train system, and you load money on them and use them as you go. So the problem was Jaina had already left, and she was the key holder. She was in charge of actually locking the door at night. And Brittany didn't have her phone number because she didn't really know her that well. She'd only been working at this Lululemon for about six weeks. It's kind of a situation where most of the people there are part-time. So you're not always working with everybody who works in the store. Yeah, You don't Hmm. always have their numbers. Right. So Brittany calls a third Lululemon employee who she knows and asks for Jaina's number. The employee was actually like, you know, Rachel, the manager, she lives basically across the street why don't you give her a call because she's right there and she was just like I don't want to bother her it's late at night and you know Jane is already out it's only been a few minutes I just want to give her a call so the coworker agreed she gives Jane a call Jane was actually fine with it because she had also forgotten her laptop so she was happy to go back <laughs> and unlock the store so God, it kind of just unlucky. worked out yeah So the women meet up. Jaina illegally parks in front of the store because they're just running in. Brittany tells Mm -hmm. police that they did not turn on the store lights because they were just running in and out. 
While when they're inside, Jaina grabs her laptop, but Brittany cannot find her wallet. Jaina's helping and they look everywhere, but they just can't find it. And around 10.05 PM, Jaina wanted to go home and she's like, listen, you can have my Metro card or I can drive you home. Sources differ on what was actually said, but Brittany could come back in the morning and look for it. And Brittany felt bad, but it seems that she accepted the Metro card and she would just pay her back. Mm-hmm. Jaina would not leave the store alive. As the two were leaving, two men dressed in all black with black ski masks hiding their faces came through the unlocked doors. Hidden by the darkness of the store, the men were able to sneak up on the women. While they were wearing ski masks and Brittany couldn't see their faces, she could tell that the men were white based on their voices, is what she says. The only other description she could really provide was that one man was tall and one man was short. The men split the women up, each attacker kind of having their own victim. One started punching Jaina repeatedly in the head while the other dragged Brittany by her hair to a different part of the, the back room and demanded she open and empty all of the cash registers. Mm. This is man, like so much for it a is. robbery. No, yeah. It's it a lot for a robbery. They're doing a lot for a robbery. They are, Edie. You're doing a lot. Yep. The man recited her address to her. So now she knows that they know where she lives and she's terrified. She knew. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. They just, so there is. They know who she is. They know her address. This ain't no robbery. No. Is it? I don't know. I mean, they might've robbed stuff. But we'll like, see. there's a secondary. There's got to be a secondary purpose to doing be. this. If you're finding the, it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's it a is. lot of. It's a lot of background knowledge and uh-huh. research. It is. Uh-huh. And this is this is what we're yeah. And this is just the first information that she's giving. Hmm. He knows her address. He's telling it to her, and she's terrified. She realized. If there's any chance that she's going to like get out of this unscathed or alive, that she would just have to do what they said. Oof. Meanwhile, she can hear Jaina being attacked. She's screaming. There's a ton of loud banging. Brittany said she was beaten over and over again with the man's fist, but also with just whatever was laying around. One of the weapons used on both women was a Buddha statue that was in the store. Cause this oh. is like a yoga store. You know what? That, that Lululemon's complicit. Yeah, <laughs> Lululemon is complicit. If it wasn't a Buddha statue, it would have been something else. <laughs> <laughs> Warning: She also said that the man cut out the crotch of her pants and ended up raping her. Oh. And also, she su- she knew that Jaina had also been raped. During the ordeal, her attacker was yelling racial slurs at her. He ends up leaving her zip-tied in the bathroom, and afterwards she would later lose consciousness. After this, the authorities made sure a rape kit was done if it hadn't been already. And not unsurprisingly, Brittany was nearly inconsolable the whole time during this interview. God, I, I imagine. Yeah, right? Back at the store, police were dealing with a truly gruesome crime scene. Puddles of blood were everywhere. Blood spatter was as high as six feet. It was on everything. Two distinct sets of bloody footprints were found. 
and they were determined that the footprints belonged to Brittany. And then there was an unidentified set that appeared to be from men's athletic shoes, and they were about a size 14 based on the print. Okay. They also noticed that the back door, which was an emergency fire door, was covered in blood and there was kind of a train there was kind of a blood trail there so one of the women or both of the women they believe was attempting to leave because the key was in the door and the only reason the key was there was to turn off of the alarm i don't know if someone was trying to leave and they got her to turn off the alarm because she had the keys or what but there was an attempt mm-hmm. made at least to get out that back door okay police decided their first task was to identify the two men They were also on the lookout for Jaina's car. As Brittany said, she had parked illegally the night before in front of the store, but it was not there that morning. Hmm. Okay. All the people assigned to the case were then showed a picture of Jaina's car and just a general be on the lookout. When you're out and about, look out for this car. Here's the license plate. Here's (laughs) everything. And the Lululemon store did not have any security cameras. This was an upscale shopping center in an upscale neighborhood with a very low rate of crime, especially violent crime. However, the Apple store next door did have a camera outside. Police were able to view footage from outside the store that night. The video didn't show much because it's just kind of the front door of the Apple store. Mm -hmm. But what they did see was two figures dressed in all black, one short and one tall, walking in front of the store in the direction of Lululemon. Okay. 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 Yeah. Police didn't really have anything else to go on. So one of the detectives, Detective Reuven, decides he's just going to do some people watching over the next day. So he parks his car at the shopping center and just kind of keeps an eye out. And he does this until late into the night. And around 10 p.m., what does he see but two men walking together? dressed in all black in the direction of the Lululemon store. He stops them and asks them some questions. The men said, yeah, they walked past the Apple store and the Lululemon store on March 11th because they did most nights. Mm -hmm. Um, When this, when the detective showed them the security footage, they both identified themselves. But the reason they were there was because they worked at the restaurant up the street and they wear all black because they're required to as waiters. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it feels, it feels fucking weird that, the it, it would be i i think it would strain credulity to be like and these assailants walked right in the same direction wearing the same shit as at they the did when they time, like, br- at right. the same time mm-hmm. as they brutally and you he know knows brutalized that, these people yeah. yeah like there's no they're not they're the not cop the, doesn't think these are not the droids you're looking for yeah no so the cop like very quickly believes them i mean he does go he does check it out but they're very quickly verified and they are not suspects got it and so that got footage it. from the apple is store is not now. relevant no nah, it's useless police are under a lot of pressure the bethesda area was in shock from the attack. People were terrified. They weren't going out. They weren't going shopping. But what they did know was that a pair of violent robbers turned murderers were on the loose and the police tried to appeal to the public. What do you know? Here's our hotline. In the meantime, the good news was is that Jaina's car was found abandoned three blocks away and was recognized by a police officer. The officer actually remembered seeing the car the night of Jaina's murder around midnight, and he noticed it and remembered it because 
when he was doing his patrols, he saw that a figure was sitting in the driver's seat for a long time. Sources say up to 90 minutes that a person was sitting in the front seat of Jaina's car in this abandoned Ooh. parking lot. The car had multiple visible blood stains on the door handle, on the gear shift, on the steering wheel, and that there was a ball cap left on the front seat. And inside the rim of the hat, right on the mm -hmm. forehead, was like a huge concentration of blood. So whoever did it, they think, was hit in the forehead or had some kind of wound on their forehead. Yeah, this is all, that's all very stupid to leave. Don't. Yeah, yeah. Don't leave that think, stuff. Right. You're conscious enough to get rid of the car, but not to leave all the evidence. So all of that is sent for testing. Through the appeal to the public, one person was reported many times. It was an unhoused man named Keith. Keith was known to hang around that shopping center, and he was very antagonistic towards shoppers. He was usually intoxicated and would actively try to start fights with men and made aggressive sexual comments to women. Keith was a local at a bar nearby and he was there most nights, but the night of March 11th, he was noticeably absent. The only connection police could make using evidence in Keith was that he was a size 14 and that he wore athletic shoes. I mean, uh, I don't know. Like mm, first yeah. off, the shoe print forensics is not a hard. Well, no, science. it's not. Yeah. You can't like definitively match shoes. No. Having big feet's not a fucking crime. And um <laughs> it's an unusual size though, and I think that's what's usually a plus to yeah. the shut up, Kevin. The planning <laughs> aspect of what happened doesn't seem like it no, fits and you're right the way that Keith behaves. That's exactly correct. And that's the conclusion that they ultimately come to. But the reason, so he was spotted wearing all black. He's normally a loner. He doesn't hang out with other unhoused people. He doesn't really hang out with anybody. But mm -hmm. somebody did report to Detective Reuven that the night of the murder, it was weird because they saw Keith wearing all black, walking with a much shorter man who was white, wearing all black. Something important is that Keith was black and we're looking for two white perpetrators. Okay, so. Yeah. There's nothing really to keep him on. They don't arrest him. He's not kept. He's not questioned. But a, a few days later, they locate Keith at a hospital. He had shown up the night before covered in blood. As they're speaking to him, he's not, you're not getting a coherent conversation out of him. It's clear that he doesn't essentially have the capability to do something as well planned. He's got stuff going on. Exactly. Yeah, he he was in a fight. On. They verified that he was in this fight. They spoke mm -hmm. to people. They confirmed it. So now they're truly at a loss. They have nothing. They have nothing to go on. And it was only a few days after the attack and some of the forensic evidence, the blood, everything was still being tested. But one thing that they did have was Jaina's autopsy medical examination report back. And it's fucking awful. So warning. Oof. Yeah. Take us at there. A, at a minimum, the medical examiner found 331 separate wounds. Oh, damn. 232 so blunt force injuries, 99 sharp force injuries, meaning stab wounds in this case. Mm -hmm. 200 individual wounds were to her head, which is how she was unrecognizable. And there was, quote, almost no skin left. 
end quote, on her head, oh, on her face. Jaina. God. Her skull was fractured in eight spots. And horrifyingly, they found that she was alive until the last stab, which would which severed her spine at the base of her skull. Ugh. It's doubtful that she was conscious through a lot mm. of this, but she was in fact alive. Fuck. This is this is rough stuff for the future defense attorney in this situation. This is rough. These are these are it bad is. facts. Are... I mean, well, I mean, your 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 defense is going to be it wasn't my client. No. You'll you see. know, but oof. think about how long it takes to do this, to just move your hand up and down in a hitting or stabbing motion 331 times. And that's not the amount of times it happened. It's the amount of individual blows that they were able to find. And they said it's an incredibly conservative number. Yeah. So odds are at minimum, it has been calculated that 17 minutes is the minimum amount of time this attack occurred. Oh, so, wow. Which is of, a and really, that would be 17 really minutes of constant con- and, and that's not taking a break, right? Blows. That's without, That's yeah. without taking a break. That's about one point something seconds per mm-hmm. thing. So it, 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 they're saying it took anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour. There's really no way to tell. But that's yeah. the general consensus is about 20 minutes to an hour. Wow. They found that's really tough. Yeah, they found that five individual weapons were used, and all five were from the store. Meaning, Lululemon is complicit. Meaning <laughs> that these men did not I'm come trying. armed. I'm trying to. No, you are a kind <laughs> of a comedy podcast. No, I know. I'm sorry. I told you it's Bummersville, but the men did not come armed. All five of these weapons were found within the store, and they were found yeah. to belong to oh, Lululemon. That is. Even still, were the zip ties from the store? We'll see. We'll get into that. Um, Even still, even with all of this, they still had nothing as far as a lead. So what they did is the team sat down, and it's it had been a few days, but so much information had been collected during that time. So they decided to go by as a group, piece by piece by piece. First, they went back to the Apple Store employees, and fun fact. Two employees and one security guard were working at the time of the attack and heard the attack going on through the walls. Just after 10 p.m., a woman named Yana was closing the Apple store and reported hearing, quote, screaming, squealing, and a lot of banging. At first, she thought it was coming outside. It was a Friday night. Maybe it was just people in a fight, whatever. But as it continued, she realized she could hear it even when she was all the way in the back of the store. As the attack continued, she heard, she said she heard, quote, high-pitched screams mixed with lower-pitched grunting and dragging noises as if something was being moved. She then realized it was coming from Lululemon, and she told the security guard. The man, he heard the noises through the wall. Okay. He even puts his ear up to the wall, and the noises keep going. So the security guard bangs loud, hard on the wall a few times to get them to stop. And they do the noises stop. Yana would later say she heard two women's voices. She did not hear any men's voices. And she heard one voice Mm. say, please don't do this. Just talk to me and God help me. Please God help me. When asked why they didn't contact authorities, 
Yeah, they said that question. they just thought it was some drama. Uh, toxic, uh, toxic masculinity, masculinity. Strikes, strikes again. again. And that was so, a quote wow. from the uh, security guard. He just thought yeah. <sighs> Police were also able to figure out that the size 14 print was actually from a shoe belonging to the store. Lululemon did not sell shoes, but a lot of times people trying on clothes want to see what they look like with their sneakers. But because this is an upscale shop, people aren't always coming in dressed in athletic clothes. So they're not wearing sneakers. They have try on shoes. They have one. Yeah. So they have two pairs, one for women, one for men, and they're both in very large sizes. So the odds are most people who come in want to see what they look like with sneakers here. Try these on. They should fit you just for this. I see. I see. You see what I mean? It's not like they don't have like a They're too big than too small. Exactly. They're too big. So at least you can get an idea of what they look like and not in your whatever. I don't know. I don't try on athletic clothes. I buy them and sneak out. Like I'm a, like, like I'm hiding something. I'm a troll. I don't, don't look at me buying athletic clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Can't let them see you buy athletic clothes. If you don't buy any athletic clothes, I've cracked the code. Whoever made the footprints came into the store, took their own shoes off, knew where these shoes were, found them, put them on, committed the crime and walked around in blood Took huh. off the shoes because the shoes were found in the store. In the store. So then. Lululemon really is complicit then. So somebody knew <laughs> the ins and outs of Lululemon. That's right. They were still also really confused by the person in the car. Why would the assailant drive the car three blocks away? Easy. And you want to get it. an hour and a half. You want to get it away from the crime scene. But why for so long? What are you doing for 90 minutes? Yeah, that's all very fucking weird. And three blocks is not. It's not far. Far. And it's like an. And it was in like a parking lot, like a big parking lot. And they were the. It was the only car in the parking lot. Yeah, which no, is that's another weird. reason why like the, the cop was able to like remember this one random car. Like, yeah, it's a few it's years weird. ago. Like some teens boosted our car, and yeah. it was found a few blocks away because they were freaking out and they crashed it and totaled it. That's Ooh. yeah, that's typically yeah. what happens. Like and that's and it's fine. Insurance covered it. Yeah. Right. Kids were never caught. That's fine. I didn't want them caught. They're fine. Right. They're kids. It's okay. Right. Hopefully they learned I their lesson by crashing okay. the car. <laughs> yeah. I hope they're doing okay. But like that happening a few blocks away makes perfect mm-hmm. like makes perfect sense. But just like a sit driving the car three blocks, sitting there for an hour and a half and leaving all this stuff. Leaving the evidence of blood and the hat, yeah. When so much else was so meticulously planned. Yeah, it's It's very confusing to me. Yeah. It is. And it's very – because, like, I read a bunch of times that where the car was found, but only, like – like, I was looking at, like, um, testimony and stuff, and it was only through that that I was able to find that that police noticed that this person sat there for 90 minutes. I was very surprised. And, And also that's what the police say. You know, how sure. was there somebody sure. watching him for the whole watching the person sitting there for the he's, whole 90 minutes? Right. Know. He's not he's probably not sitting there for 90 minutes with a time stopper. He could have been on patrol and noticed it's different points and realized, <laughs> wow, it's been an hour and a half. It could have been a different person. Who knows what's going on in that car? But that's the theory we're working with. Right. Right. That's the these are these are the claims that law enforcement are making. Sure. About right. what happened. 
They also went over all of the interviews they had with friends and families of the victims and started to see a concerning pattern. Brittany was described by everyone as sweet and funny and an amazing soccer player, but almost everybody had something else to say. She had a bit of a habit of stealing. Multiple teammates in high school and college and later college roommates reported as soon as Brittany came into their life, things started disappearing. Mostly it was like lip gloss and perfume, but sometimes it was money. And one time it was designer clothing. She was eventually caught and she was kicked off the team and she lost her scholarship and was expelled from college. Her family was shocked to learn through the investigation that she had not graduated because that is what she told them. Okay. She told them that she had graduated. Yeah, people people get underwater no, people, with stuff. Absolutely. Then. She's not the first person in the world who's Mm-mm. done that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it does sound like it's impulsive. Like when you read the stories and like most of her friends were like, we didn't really care. We just didn't really understand what she wanted. It's not like she didn't have money to like buy her own things. Cause she did. Winona writer. Exactly. So it feels more like it's a compulsive thing to see what she can get away with. Who knows? That's I'm just not a theory. liking the sketch of the picture that no. is being currently painted. I don't mm, like me it. Too. And I'm not going, I'm not acknowledging the picture of the sketch that's currently being painted right now. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. hoping mm-hmm. that it is not. Yeah, but so I have a theory she, forming. She does not have a criminal record, but in 2007, multiple times, her ex-boyfriend and her ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend, police were called multiple times because she was harassing them and stealing from them. I mean, that's just love, miss. That's, I know. That's just No, love. I know that. That's true love. Protective orders were issued and they lasted a year for both parties. Um, but after a year, there was no new evidence. So they expired. So as of 2008, that was done. And this is 2011. So who knows what happens in three years? At the end of the night, yeah, Lululemon. People, I mean, people go through it. They people do. Through it. They do. And listen, I'm not making any judgments off of this. This is just information. Mm-hmm. Lululemon had a policy that at the end of your shift, all employees' bags had to be checked by another employee. Oh, just yeah. As it's, we did and that I think at H&M, that's too. Stand- yeah. I think it's pretty standard in a lot of retail stores. Just, you know, you check on each other. The night of the attack, Jaina asked to see Brittany's bag. And when she did, she saw what she believed to be store m- merchandise, which was fine. They had to wear Lululemon clothing. So it was not unreasonable people bought stuff all the time while they were working. Mm-hmm. Brittany told her that a different employee rang her up earlier in the day. And then that's when the women went their separate ways. And we know we have that account from Brittany. Cause Jana's Jana's Brittany. Yeah. This is yeah. what Brittany is saying. This is what Brittany is saying. Okay. Yes. So Jana then allegedly reached out to that employee that she said that Brittany said sold her Mm -hmm. the pants. The employee said she didn't sell any employees, anything that day. And there was an uptick in theft since Brittany joined the team and joined the store. And so there was already in management, there was already suspicions that Brittany was stealing. And so there was a plan. They were told that if anybody suspects anyone of stealing, you need to contact management immediately. So on her way home, Jana. Sorry, did you say that they contacted the person that evening 
who worked yeah. there earlier in the day uh, who i would never have picked up i mean up i would phone. never i don't <laughs> i would never no number never. one i wouldn't pick up my phone but i would never make the call in the first place i don't oh, god care. no especially after i worked an eight-hour shift or whatever and you call me a few remember. hours later Fuck that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. No, I understand. I'm maybe on your side. They, that, maybe that's how they roll in Bethesda. I don't fucking know. Maybe. But also, this is an bunch upscale of store. In Bethesda. That's what I'm saying. This is an upscale store. And there was already management meetings about Britney stealing. They were in the process of firing her, which is why they said, if you are suspicious, you need to let us know. So that's what Jaina did. And this was after they left at 945, Jaina calls Rachel, the manager, who finds the scene the next morning. Rachel says, thanks. Uh, I'll deal with it in the morning. And then that's when Jaina gets a second call, and it's from Brittany. And she forgot her wallet, and we have to go back to the store. Mm -hmm. Then a break in the case. The tests from the blood in the car come back belonging to Jaina and Brittany, which is what they expected. Obviously, Uh the... If the one of the perpetrators moves this car, there's probably little to no chance that there isn't going to be their blood on them. Right. But it did not explain how all of the blood found on the hat was Britney's, as if she wore it. All of the blood on the hat was Britney's, not a mix of... Not a mix of anything. Britney's an unknown... Person, it was and that's it was the also blood Britney's, that was tested. That's from the hat. Brittany's blood. Yeah, blood uh, from the. Brittany's blood was found on the door handle, the steering wheel, and the gear shift. Not saying that that's from not from a third party, uh-huh. but it is her blood. Right. blood and Jaina's blood was not found on those spots. Still suspicious. Well, and then there were well, there were two. Allegedly two assailants. Yes, there were two. One, one was with Brittany. Beat one exactly. victim, one beat the other. Mm-hmm. They were assigned So that's victim. potentially right. makes sense. Blood transfer is also very easy, though. It is. This is visible blood. I... Like, I looked at the pictures. You can see the blood on the steering wheel. You can see the blood on the... I but, hate the possibilities of where this is going. Uh, Police are starting to form a picture of what might have happened that night, but it was a high-profile case, and they weren't pointing any fingers at anybody yet. They decided to question Brittany again with her consent, and she definitively told police that she'd never been inside Jaina's car, ever. However, that same day, she left, she left the police station. They did their interview. It was fine. However, around 7 p.m. that day, she makes her way back to the police station on her own to explain that. No, no, Brittany, don't. Uh-oh. No, no. First off, shouldn't have said anything to them in the first place. It's voluntary. You don't have to say anything. And then go back to explain, Brittany. She told them that the assailants made her move the car. They told her to drive the car and ditch it because it was parked in front of the store and they didn't want anyone to get suspicious. Wait, what? Come- but then how did they find uh, her the next morning in the bathroom? Brittany, that doesn't make any sense. And Brittany. to come back, she did what they said because she knew that they knew where she lived. They had all of her personal information and they told her that they'd kill her and she had no doubt that they would. She also offered the fact that she saw a police officer on her way back to the store, but she was too scared to approach them. 
So she goes back to the store. No, she's beaten some more. This is she's, not good. She's beaten some more. And then she, that is when she's zip tied. No, the cops They are not discovered that. that the store actually had a box of zip ties. Um, uh-huh. that in the store because for whatever reason that you need zip ties for in retail it's been a very yep. long time i don't know i'm sure you need them you just need to like get a bunch of stuff together bound exactly. together you know that Boom. makes sense yeah. the zip ties weren't just out on the counter um they were in an out-of-the-way cabinet and the attacker would have had to know that they were there or been given instructions to mm-hmm. find them and she was zipped, like I said, so her hands and feet were in front of her. Her feet, there was nothing to report. And her arms were above her head. They were, she was zipped at the wrist, arms, she was holding her arms above the head, but they weren't hooked on anything. There wasn't anything keeping her arms there. She made that decision to keep her arms there. And oh, also no. something that wasn't helpful was that there were teeth marks on the zip ties for her wrists. Oh. No, Brittany. Teeth marks are very unique to a person. Even so, why would someone who's zip tying with two hands use uh-huh. them? Uh-huh. You just wouldn't do that. You just oh. oh, my God. Not that it's not possible. Brittany. During this third voluntary interview, Brittany begins acting defensive and says she wants to go home. At this point, she was not detained, so police she could have just let you, you just she, get up. She and didn't leave. have to be there. She didn't have to be there. No. And yes, the, listeners, if you are listening to this, you are free to leave. If you are not, then you are being detained and you are, yeah. you need to have your rights. The question, read to you. am I free to leave is yeah. one that you should ask the police. Yeah. But if, the, if when they are asking you the, at the beginning of, if they're asking you any question and you don't want to be involved, if they say that you are free to leave, you simply leave. It is, it is never advisable to say anything to police when they are asking, when they are in any way suspicious of you. No, what police do in this situation is if they want to keep asking you questions, they do what they did here. She says, I want to leave. And they say, okay, you can leave. Just give us a minute. And then, so they leave the room and then they will come back and start asking questions without addressing the, I want to leave. And then she continues talking. So now it's a consensual conversation again. Yeah. They are trained to, to the, like, police are trained to know exactly where the line is. Yeah, of, of course. It's their job. I want to leave. Maybe I should, may, is it a good idea Unless for me to have a lawyer right now? That's not an unequivocal request for no, a lawyer. So they can push past that. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, it's, there's, they are trained to push those boundaries and it is something that people should be very, very aware of. There are lots of kind of but she's innocent and she just wants use. to be helpful never be helpful. yeah this is the thing even if you're innocent i'm not saying i'm not making any claims about britney's guilt or innocence here it is she's clearly being suspected of stuff and yes. it is not okay it is not a good idea to engage with police especially if what you want to do is explain what really happened it's not your your set because then you're setting yourself up for a narrative that you can't that's going to be hard to go back on yeah. So they do this a few times with Brittany. Um, and 
one of the times when they leave, they talk to the prosecutor's office and there is enough to detain her. So they read her her rights and she is now detained so they can try to keep talking to her for a few hours. She is not under arrest, but she has been read her rights. Yeah. And so then she definitely should have shut the fuck up. Did she? No. So after laying out all the evidence, especially from the car, she still denied it, but she's getting upset. So police tried a different tact. They are, her family's from Washington, but she does have siblings mm-hmm. in the area. They get a brother and a sister to come in and they explain. Another the, classic police tactic. Yes, yes, it is. While they're in there, they go over the evidence and the sister can't cope. It's looking like maybe Brittany did this. It's too much. She gets overwhelmed and she leaves. But the brother stays. His name is Chris. Chris comes in. She immediately is just like, look around. Can you see if this place is bugged? This is stupid. You're in a police station. Assumed you were being recorded You're at all, all times. Yeah. 100%. Never assume you are not being. So Chris, I don't know why. He looks around, says he doesn't see anything. And he truly believes that because he says, if they are recording you, they can't use it, which, which is not correct. It's they, no, they, <laughs> they can she yeah. has been detained and she has read her rights. And, and she's still, absolutely... yeah. And she's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he looks around, says he doesn't see anything. After that, he sits down and he straight up asks her, he's like, did you murder her? And she does not confirm it. And she does not deny it. Oof. Still, they keep talking. They're talking for a while. He said, well, if you didn't do it, you need to lie better. Cause whenever you lie, you look down. Oh my God. And that she's not going to be able to plead insanity because while she has mental health issues, she's seen counselors regularly who aren't going to say that she's insane. Uh I don't know where he gets this information, but he's most likely correct. The evidence was mounting, though. And in the presence of her family, she admits it. (gasps) Oh, my God. When she's asked why, all she says is, I don't know. And she was charged with first degree murder on March 8th, 2011. A week so wait, after the it attack. was this whole deal is yeah. that it was only her. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, I guess it would have had to be only her because of the zip tie situation. She put on the shoes. She walked around. She spent 90 minutes in the car figuring out what she was. Oh, going to It's do. Brittany, bitch. It's Brittany, bitch. Oh, my God. Still, she pleads not guilty, and the case goes to trial in January 2012 for a homicide. Less than a year this goes to trial. Is that That must have been some clear-cut, shut case. Like, well, she did (laughs) plead. She did admit. Like, they do have a confession, and she doesn't go back on it. Still. still, And this is Maryland. This is Maryland. We know how Maryland works. But it's Bethesda. It's all I mean, maybe that's true because it's there. Montgomery County and it's, oh, they it's don't have, yeah. and they don't have a lot of crime. So maybe they don't have the same kind of docket. I'm thinking. And they do have a lot of money in Montgomery yeah. County. I live in a small County. I live they in sure a do. small County. I've never seen a homicide go up for trial in less than a year, but whatever. It doesn't actually matter. Case goes to trial because she admitted to everything. Her attorneys did not present a defense. All they did was argue that it was Oof. not premeditated. They argued that it was second degree, crime of passion, heat of the moment, non premeditated. Hun hun. Hun hun. Nobody, bo- nobody bought do. it. Also, but- it's also important to note 
you know, that they didn't put on a defense. They never You're not required to. to put on a defense. You don't have the defense does not have the burden of proof. Mm. The state has the burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. So it's their evidence. So not putting on a defense, not calling witnesses for the defense, et cetera, et cetera. Not necessarily dispositive. It's also not that as uncommon as you might think. No, it's it's certainly not uncommon. It's a it is a trial tactic. It is a defense tactic to not put on a defense. Yeah, and the I mean, with the with the amount of purported evidence that you're describing and the ways in which I mean, there was. There's Nothing not a lot that's easily this. suppressible as well before no. trial. Her statements, especially her statements, her recorded statements with her brother, she's not in custodial interrogation then because she's not being interrogated no. by police. She's nope. just talking, she's to, talking her to her brother and she's being recorded. Um, that's it's those are it's it's a tough it's a tough set of alleged facts. I mean, he even argued Jaina or Brittany did this. Brittany committed this crime. It just wasn't premeditated. That was the uh, closing argument. And that was their biggest. It, yeah. That's all they could really do. Yeah. It's a sound trial strategy back in 2011 in Maryland until very, very, very recently. Even if you had life, even if you were sentenced to life with the possibility of parole since the mid nineties, the governor has to sign off on parole now it's very recently not the case anymore hmm, okay wow. but the likelihood that you would get parole after yeah. a life sentence was very negligible well it doesn't matter either way because uh the jury didn't believe it for a second they deliberated for an hour that's not a lot the of the foreman yeah. went in there and the first thing she asked was who thinks it's first degree every single person raised their hand it was unanimous from the start. So they still took the time and they went through the evidence and they didn't change their mind. First degree murder and she was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole and she was 29. Oh my God. And in 2015, her direct appeals were exhausted and denied and it does not appear that she has continued to appeal. Yeah. No. Really what interests me about this case oh. is because it's interesting. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of the, it's a whodunit and it's a Occam's razor kind of thing. The most obvious choice is usually the correct choice or when you're out of options, it's the most obvious one. It just made me really think about the bystander effect with the Apple employees and how, how we just... Not that they should have done something or shouldn't have done something, but how we rationalize and how we explain away certain things. And then also I looked in, I spent a lot of time looking into what does it mean to snap? Like, cause that is the, what they're saying she did here. She just, they went back to the back room to grab their stuff An argument starts. She snaps and she takes at least 20 minutes to brutally beat this woman to death. So yeah, it's got a lot. It's got a lot to it, and it was a meaty Damn, boy. Yeah. I'm sorry, it was so meaty. Yeah. I cut out a lot. Thank you, Miss. Yeah. Thank you so much, Miss. That's a. It was a bummer, that's a really but I just tough one. This one has just stuck with me since it happened. It was local when it happened for me, and I had a hard time understanding a lot of it. And I can understand snapping. I've said things. I've done things that I regret. But normally when, when reading about snapping with psychologists, it's usually a 
a split second and you do something violent or mm. say something vicious and then it ends. It is, it is not a prolonged state of being. And uh, I thought that was interesting. So yeah, that is the Lululemon murders and it is so much different than people think it is. And I think that's also a different reason to have it on here, but yeah. Miss signing off from Bummersville. Wow. And, you know, <laughs> as as always, I'm going to bring a public defense perspective to these stories. It is crucially important to give law enforcement in the state as little as possible. Yes. No matter what. I They're s- not I your friends. They're not here to help you. No matter what. Her, her statements probably... Um, no. It seems like they very deeply affected things. I mean, as well as for forensic. It was undeniable. Stuff, I think it would have been yeah. a harder case. To, it would have been better for her in a trial had she not had those interviews. But I think right. the evidence was still overwhelming. I don't think mm-hmm. anything would have been different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a a rough set of alleged facts. Certainly a rough set of alleged facts. And it's a real... It's a real shame. It's a real shame that Jana died like that. It's a real shame that Brittany Norwood um, will spend the rest of her life in prison yeah. starting at 29. That is also real sad. It's that's Bummersville is fucking right. Thanks, Mayor Miss. Ugh. Welcome. But I know that Kevin has been very excited for this spoofy story. So let's change the tone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Help us. <laughs> I am here to do that. And and hey. just a quick reminder before I jump in, people, we're on social media at Creepy Inquiries Pod, so look for us there. Hell yeah. I'm here for the spoof today. It is episode 90. I have been very excited to talk about this mm-hmm. ever since uh, the algorithm fed it to me online. But oh, listeners, I'm so excited now. Edie, Miss, I believe that this is going to be a first for Creepy Inquiries. Oh, Escluzy. Escluzy. And I also need to warn everyone that what we discussed today might hurt your brain. So proceed with caution. Great. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Let's yeah. clear out this Bummerville trash and fill it with it. <laughs> and this is a first time subject for the pod. I am bringing okay. you a paradox to contemplate today. Oh, oh, okay. We've never done okay. a paradox. We have we never done it. a paradox. Let's fold our brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's paradox it <laughs> up. Yes. And this spoop was created unknowingly by a few editors on the Warner Brothers lot in Burbank, California, and at HBO in New York City. What? But what they created has unleashed an incursion in the multiverse, a ripple oh through time, space, what? and reality as we know it. What's happening? Oh. This slash in the matrix concerns two well-known TV dramas from the mid aughts, two shows. I actually never cared to watch an episode of, but I've done more than one Buzzfeed quiz in my time to know which characters I am from either. So that's all I need. Great. Yeah. That's truly all you need. All I need. Yeah. So are you like a Rory Gilmore? uh, That's funny you say that because we're going down a rabbit Uh hole of a Gilmore girl Sopranos paradox. No. Stop it. Are you kidding me? No. Wait, wait. Seriously? Telepathic triangle of trust. What 
Okay, so we're saying there is a paradox connection between the Gilmore Girls, which uh, I'm just on it today. You are on it today. You just tuned into the frequency. You are on the wavelength. That is absolutely true. Who's watched either show? I know, Miss, you've been up in Gilmore Girls. I used to love the Gilmore Girls, yes. I've seen the original seasons. Right. Mr. Fake Name adores the Gilmore Girls. That's, That's right. right. He does. He's my I Gilmore seen, Girls friend. I have seen parts of episodes mm-hmm. um, against my will because I love my partner. That's true. Um, and I, The Sopranos completely passed me by. Me too. Me too. I think we were. Is that I, like early prestige TV? It passed me it by. Was. I think we I was were this, just like at the weirdest six age feet under possible. Head. Yeah, me too. I, I didn't have I HBO. We were, I was poor. It just missed. It's me. not TV. It's HBO. it's HBO. And now it's Max. But for listeners who may not be familiar with either of these shows, The Gilmore Girls is an American dramedy which starred Lauren Graham and Alexis Bledel playing mother Lorelai Gilmore and daughter Rory. The show debuted in fall of 2000 and ran for seven seasons to critical acclaim. The series has been in daily syndication for decades now and it's become a cult classic. And the show has been cited in many best of lists, including a spot in Time Magazine's 100 Greatest TV Shows of All Time. Wow. Okay. From all that I've read on Wikipedia and whatnot about the show, I just think Rory is the worst. I think she's the worst. They both are. They both are. They both are are the worst. Like, there's there's, no doubt about it. There's just so much fast talking. It is. It's all fast talking, but like, they're both kind of the worst. Yeah. Like there was quote unquote like drama with it, but it was just a nice, easy show to watch, to be fair. Yes. And the other show, The Sopranos, has been also widely lauded and is one of the most winningest HBO juggernauts. The show revolves around Tony Soprano, played by James Gandolfini, R.I.P. Rest in power, King. He's a New Jersey mobster and has difficulties juggling his home life and his crime life, which is a huge understatement. So was he Edie do? Falco. Edie Falco, Edie Falco. Carmella. Yes. Right. And it was widely regarded as one of the greatest and most influential TV shows of all time. Ushered in the era of prestige TV. The second golden age of television. Absolutely. We're that is right. living in its hunting. <laughs> the show won 20 Emmys, two Peabody's, and five Golden Globes, just to name a few of the awards. But did you know? that each show references the other show, but not how you think. So in season six, episode four of The Sopranos, Tony's right-hand man, Paulie Walnuts, angrily enters the home of his mother, Maria Nucci, after he finds out that she's actually his aunt and he was raised by her as his mother the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he enters her apartment, and she is watching episode 17 of the first season of Gilmore Girls on the TV. He walks in. He gets all angry. He looks at the flat-screen TV, and he just chucks it out the window. (gasps) What a mobster move. Be gone, Be gone, (laughs) Lorelai. Meanwhile, in season 7, episode 17 of Gilmore Girls, Lorelai's father, Richard— walks into view and he's wearing a zip up tracksuit, and he says something like, yep. well, I'm off. And she replies with, for what? Off to have lunch with Tony Soprano. <laughs> 
Because he's wearing a tracksuit. Yes. Right. And he looks like a gang. And these are very rich people and he's not known to wear a tracksuit. Not at all. No. And I believe the Reddit user First as a Tragedy was first to point out this kind of crossover meta-ness. And they wrote, quote, So obviously this means that both The Sopranos and The Gilmore Girls exist as TV shows in each other's respective universe. But more alarmingly... Oh, I never thought about that. Oh. This also means that each universe has now become a televised a- universe of itself within their own universes. Oh no, my brain! Right, because the Gilmore Girls exist in yep. the, quote, real stars hollow, right? right? They're living right. their lives. But those very lives are being filmed, are now in show style, show. and being broadcast <gasps> to the the Soprano family. Yeah. In New Jersey. And it theoretically creates an infinite loop of sorts because one show's reality cannot exist without the other show's reality existing. And it's like facing two mirrors toward each other. And it just keeps going and going and going and going. Uh, Right. Because both both are at the same time real and not real and necessarily so. Yes. It posits so many questions. So like – that's so fucking what good. What would happen if and when Lorelai and Rory are, it's like Friday night for them. They sit down on their couch with popcorn. They're going to watch a movie or whatever. They flip on the TV and they see that Soprano scene. They see themselves and in see the themselves TV. In the TV. At the in mother's the house. Consequently, and- Tony's head could explode if he and Carmela, uh, fabulous Edie Falco, of course, if they mm-hmm. turn on the TV and they hear Lorelai name-checking him, you know? Right. Right? Yeah, because how many Tony Sopranos could there possibly right? be? Who There's wears only one. But then, but that, again, it posits that in the Gilmore Girls universe, the TV show, The Sopranos, is canon. Whereas in The Sopranos universe, the TV show, Gilmore Girls, is canon. Right. <laughs> right. And they're both grounded shows. Okay. Too. Right. But both as... as- as television shows, as television shows. in the real universe, so both universes are simultaneously real and fictional, but identical. Yes, reality is not real. It's all made reality up. Is both real and fictional. <laughs> My face is That's melting. Like if, if we are sitting here recording this podcast, yes, are we though? Are I'm we? I'm going to get into because that in one moment. Yes, exists as a oh. our experience. Our experience is a a comes up on YouTube as I think we're watching the breakdown podcast, but like our experience of filming the podcast, not the like final audio yes. medium of the podcast. Us making it, yes, both real and not real. I don't even want to get us started on the late actor Brian Tarantina, because Brian Tarantina, an actor in our reality, Miss Anidi, right. Has appeared in oh both god. of those TV shows oh. as different characters. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> Kevin! So what does that mean about our reality? What does that <laughs> mean about our it means that reality? Reality isn't real. Oh and my each god! Individual personal person's that reality Ryan is Tarantina the reality. Exists in three universes at minimum. Yes. The, our but real he's only world, Brian Tarantina in our universe. in ours, and then the other two 
He is both Brian Tarantino playing the characters and the characters. So he's at least five people. In both other universes. So he's at least five people. (laughs) There's three Brian Tarantinas plus the two real characters. I gotta go. I'm gonna go thrust myself in traffic. All right. Also look exactly like (laughs) Brian Tarantino. I'm so excited to talk about this because my brain was just hurting and I was giggling the whole time thinking about this. I was like, what the This is not the Matrix has been slashed. Something that's going to make me curl up and just start crying in a corner. Now, this This is also not to say this is the only kind of multiverse incursion between two TV shows. No, uh, Community and Cougar Town. Yeah, it's not even the only one involving the Sopranos. It's Curb Your Enthusiasm and Sopranos have yes interlocking references as well. But that makes so much more sense than the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> but there's more than one of these things. This one right now, this paradox is the most popular one on the internet, and it's having its moment. Oh, and that's all that okay. counts in this and any other reality, right? Reality is what it's we all make about it. having a moment. You got to have the moment. She is the moment. Now come on now, and and I hope this doesn't fully. Break your brains, but that is the Gilmore Girls Sopranos paradox. And I just can't oh, help absolutely. but Next on the pod, can you go back in time and kill your own grandfather? Yes. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> exactly. Grandfather paradox is fun. It's a fun thought Not exercise, as fun Kevin. as the Gilmore Girls Sopranos mirror universes paradox i love it so people are on the internet having this collective meltdown okay yes read it it. and then esquire did an article about it looper did one that's cute like there's a couple others too like people have picked up on this and it is (sighs) because it's not just that they're in the same universe it's not like stars hollow and new jersey are the same place no it's tv within the tv within the tv Yes, it's the it's that it's the one mirror in the mirror on TV in the other's universe is uh-huh. what makes it right. Great. It's not yeah. like a reference. It's like it's on the TV. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the community Cougar Town one is also kind of weird because it's well, it's Abed, the character in Community, mm-hmm. getting a job as an extra on the tv show cougar town but then there's not a there's not a there's not an other side to it so there's no cougar town yeah there's no like courtney cox doesn't show up as her character in cougar town in community listener we were on community yes i didn't watch the whole thing so if there is a a cougar town mirror to complete the paradoxical loop please, please let us. us know miss if they want to let us know how would they i'm just saying be be easy this stuff my brain hurts but if you want <laughs> that was fucking phenomenal you can hit you can hit us up on uh uh social media on instagram at creepy inquiries pod you could also send us an email at creepy inquiries pod at gmail.com if you are interested in our sources go to creepy inquiries mm-hmm. and then if you have a minute we would really love it if you could just give us a cute little rate and review not because you have to but because you want to and because mm. it helps out your dear friends at creepy inquiries pod 
five stars or I will beam all of your treasured family home movies into the canonical universe of the Apple TV show Foundation starring Lee Pace, who is six foot five. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. (laughs) What? He's six foot five. He's six foot five. Listener, thank you so much for joining us on this episode 90, the Ellen Burstyn Age episode. Oh, yay! F- yay. Oh, in the Exorcist oh, sequel, too. Oh, that's right! Still She's in it! Oh, God, good for her. Good for her. And until next time, good.